Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 37. And today is part one of our conversation about technology and the church. We're going to be talking about online communities, how technology has affected our worship, and about sharing stories through video. Let's do this! Hey, how's it going? Thank you guys so much for joining us for this conversation today. We are excited. This is a very futuristic talk, or maybe not so futuristic for many of you guys listening. You guys are listening to a podcast after all. And we have Shu and Bernard here as always. What's happening? Hey, yo. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. What's going on? And we have two very special guests, Gord and Chun. What's going on? Hey, my name is Chun Ling, but most people just call me Chun because it sounds too much like Chun Li from Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> that's your that's your website, right? Just call me yeah, Chun. Yeah, please because a lot of people are just like, do we call you Chun? Do you call me Chun Ling or Chun Ling Ho or like is it Ho Ho Ling? Or, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just like, just please call me Chun. Well, I guess what I do for a living is I create video content for a bunch of different businesses and brands around the city, and yeah, it's taken me across the country and around different parts of the world and yeah it's it's been great the lord has really been good yeah and how have you used video in terms of like ministry stuff in the past a big part of my story has been like i wouldn't even be in this profession if if the lord didn't put some key things in place i always thought i would be in marketing I studied marketing in school. Mm-hmm. I came back from a, a teaching stint in Korea and came back. And like, if I didn't run into Gord, then I wouldn't be in video. If I didn't switch churches, then I wouldn't have met the person who had introduced me to one of my clients now. Yeah. One of my biggest clients now. And like all these little things that you witness, you don't see it at the time. But when you look back and it's just like, wow, the Lord has really been working to bring me here. So... As a as a response to that, and as an acknowledgement to how much the Lord has done for me, you know, I think the Lord has given me much. So, how much more can I get? Sure. You know, yeah. So, yeah, my name's Gordon, and I actually have I'm bivocational, meaning I have two jobs. So, I at least two jobs. At least two jobs. <laughs> so, I've, I'm in video production. So, similar to to Chun, create uh, content for businesses as well. So working with ad agencies and different clients. Uh, so sometimes directly with the marketing team of the clients. Uh, so let's say, you know, Pepsi or McDonald's, like you work with directly with the client, or sometimes you work with an ad agency who is a partner to the client mm-hmm. and they, they would uh, come up with a strategy, solutions for the business. So I've been doing that. Uh, we started doing weddings 10 years ago and our company has gone through a lot of different changes. Uh, so uh, weddings and then now it's uh, commercial production mm. um, and on the other side of things i'm a pastor of one church to so i'm a young adults pastor first and then online campus pastor and uh, it's interesting because a lot of, if you ask me like why why not just focus on one i think there's just that yearning of you know because i've been invested in uh, i started going to church in high school mm-hmm. so i was invested in and i just want to give back i just like you just have this you know, even the, I remember, you know, working with Chun and, you know, we're full-time at this thing and it's just like, man, like I, I want to invest in people. Yeah. It's just that yearning. And then I guess that translates me to, you know, be a pastor and here I am. Yeah. 
something Gord said uh, early on in our relationship uh, when I was still figuring out whether I wanted to do video or not. His old company used to be called Stories Worth Sharing. And I think that really resonated with me. It's like, there's so much content out there, but what what are the stories that are worth sharing? Yeah. And although we could both say like, oh, we're sharing like this, like corporate stories now. <laughs> but I, I mean, like that's life, right? It's all about like sharing stories with each other. It's like, what is your story? What is the Lord's story? Like, how is the Lord writing your story kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And figuring out how, how other people's stories are working too. So I totally under, like resonate with what Gord's saying in terms of, like it's a relational vocation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, yeah. Uh, something that a lot of people might not know is that the name stories we're sharing came from a missional heart. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was inspired to me during seminary um, when I was taking a course with Rick Tobias and yeah. uh, Young Street Mission. Young Street Mission. Yeah. And it's just one of the stories you shared. I'm like, wow. And then somehow those words came up and that became a business. That's a confirmation. I've always wanted to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What's been going on in your life? My wife's pregnant. Oh, what? Yeah. You heard it here. Yeah. Is this an exclusive? Have you been telling other people? Yeah, it's, it's public. Oh, it's but public now. Not like okay. Facebook official. Or oh, it's all right. Wow, wow this is big. So, oh. December. Wow. December. <coughs> December. Congrats, a, bro. I guess it's a camp exclusive. This is. <laughs> we got it. We got, we got it. it. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, she'll be within her last trimester. Yeah. It'll be the final stretch. Oh, it's that far. It's that far. <laughs> what is it happening? We're pretty far ahead. Yeah, okay. That's right. That's why I said we're in the future right now when we're recording yeah. this. Chun, what's happening with you? Well, not that. <laughs> not that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> uh, you know, just work, doing my thing. Doing your thing. Yeah, traveling. Yes. But wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm still floored. Chun yeah. is stunned. Yeah. He's learning about this right now. I know. This is like a react Stop video. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Gord's going to be a dad. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's happening. It I is know. happening. So, one of the first things we always do ask our guests is what has been your experience as a Canadian Asian? This is the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. And we want to hear just a bit of your story. But what has it been like to be both Canadian and Asian? Mm-hmm. I think for me, I think, I think it's embracing both. It's embracing both my Asian ethnicity and what it means to be born and raised here. So kind of an imagery that I remember growing up is uh, working at my parents' breakfast restaurant, flipping eggs, making bacon and pancakes nice. you know, over the weekends and then in the summers. Um, mm-hmm. And we were serving Western food. Yeah. So I think that was... Uh, maybe a good symbol or a good way to explain the makeup of who I am. So a lot of who I am now came from that. Yeah. You know, experiencing what it means to be Asian in a Canadian context. Do you think it was a challenge to embrace both sides? At first, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because growing up, I think as a young person, you're discovering your identity, who you are. But the older I got, it seems that embrace both you know like growing up he's like you don't want to be speaking chinese to your your friends they're like they'll think you're weird <laughs> yeah. right in front of your white friends or whatever um, <laughs> but but yeah like as you grow up you start to really see so it's i remember one of my friends who also was on this podcast he said oh i'm like i'm yellow on the outside and you know white in the inside mm-hmm. I, I think it's for me it's like a banana smoothie like with the peel like you blend banana it together smoothie. like you blend oh, it together delicious oh. i don't know with the peel oh, with the yeah peel, with the peel yeah yeah <laughs> It's extra fiber, right? Yeah, extra it's fiber. It's probably you. good for you, right? D- like deeper, do it, deeper <laughs> flavor. Yeah, d- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, more, yeah, more fiber, deeper flavor, more essence of yeah. banana. Yeah, so kind of both, 
Asian and and Canadian. Yeah, I, I resonate a lot with what Gord was saying. I think growing up with a super ethnic name, but being super Canadian definitely has its challenges and <laughs> I feel, um, I feel you, man. Yeah, <laughs> actually, we, me and my brother, lived under your shadow because uh, you're Shuling, and like our my full name is Chunling. Yeah. So, and you guys grew up at TCBC, yeah, and we also grew up at TCBC. So, we were always like asked if we were related to you. Really? Oh, yeah. Are, you, are it, you related to the other Ling? <laughs> it's just it's yeah. just a cool no, name. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awesome yeah. name. Yeah, it's an awesome yeah. name. That's like... <laughs> but I mean, it definitely gives you a sense of humor about it. Like growing up, there was always struggles with like identity. With uh, am I Asian? Am I Canadian? To be honest, like growing up, it didn't really affect me too much because I grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood. Sure. Actually, a lot of the places I went to, it was mostly like South Asian or like, you know, like Indian people right. or like, or black people. So usually I was the only, I guess, East Asian, but still didn't really matter. There were a lot of, I mean, we live in such a diverse community. It wasn't too much of a shock. I think the biggest difficulties were between my relationship with my family, mm. where my family is super Asian and came from uh, Hong Kong. My brother was also born in Hong Kong, so he's a little bit more in tune with the language and with the culture. Whereas I was born in Canada. Right. I grew up in Canada. I'm super Canadian. My language skills are going out the window now that <laughs> I've moved out and I'm living on my own. So, I mean, there's always that difficulty between relating with your past and um, how that past has affected you uh, and is part of you now. So Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So just for our context, have you guys grown up in Toronto? Have you spent most of your Canadian life in Toronto? Well, I think you grew up in Yukon, right? Um, from Yukon. Yeah. From the Yukon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. okay. For how long? It's just Yukon, not the Yukon. Oh, not the Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Yeah. I was like two or three. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then we came here pretty much for kindergarten and then growing up. And then ah. every now and then we, we go back we, and visit. Were you born there? My my older sister is from there, but the healthcare system was really bad in sure. our town. So mm. my mom had me in Alberta and then we went back after a month. And now you're in Ontario in, yeah. in the biggest city in, in Canada. You can't get more Canadian than that. That's either. real Canadian. This yeah. is, yes. you're prime true, for this podcast. True Canadian. True Canadian. <laughs> true, Canadian. <laughs> true North, right? True North. Yeah. And Chun, you've... You've been in Toronto for your whole life. Yeah, right? I grew up in Scarborough. Okay. I moved up to Markham and now yeah, live in Scarlet. Yeah. <laughs> I went to school in Scarborough. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As I. So, both of you guys have done so much video content. You know, you guys are tech savvy and you guys are both involved in different ministries in the church as well. So, we want to hear a little bit about that story. What has your experiences been in terms of technology and the, the work that you guys have been doing? Okay, so maybe going with the technology route, I started going to church in high school. Mm-hmm. Actually ended up at your church, SCBC. What? Right now. Yeah, so yeah. at that time, technology was projectors to, to play <laughs> the music on the screen. And, and so I've, I've always been pretty, in my approach to church, it's always been pretty traditional. Okay. In a sense, like not really seeing technology. Maybe, maybe at that time, it was also not booming, but it seems like I think my first kind of introduction or being introduced technology that was very different for the church was like meeting house Mm. you know the fact that you have multi-site campuses and then a broadcasted message sure that was like almost very strange for me Mm -hmm. and then 
to me, it's like, it almost didn't make sense. Like, you know, like wouldn't be, wouldn't it be better to be in person? You know, mm. um, you know, why would you want something broadcasted? But it's interesting how I did a journey of searching myself and also talking to Bruxy himself. Sure. And him, him allowing to explain the philosophy of their church, which really made sense to what they were doing. And, and that started like my kind of my growth and understanding, like, okay, there is a place for technology. When you're saying projectors, were you talking about like those, like the, the, the clear, the clear cellophane? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that what it's, sorry, it's called, what is it called? Transparen- oh, transparencies. Transparencies, yeah. Transparencies. yeah. yeah. term for it, wasn't it? Uh, uh, overheads? Yeah, overhead, overhead projector over, head, uh, yeah. Yeah, overhead yeah, projector yeah, heads. yeah. Oh. yeah so like good. you manually like yeah. print it out. You and have then a marker you, that you can kind of add right. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Some of them had the, like the real... Did you guys ever Whoa, see that? Whoa, that's really that. high tech, yeah, man. Real, you know, it's like animating. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not animating. It's like yeah. it's like that. Oh, a yeah, speaker yeah, yeah. Like, would like, write okay. something, mm-hmm. and it would be projected. But then he wanted like say and more, the and then he reels okay, the next yeah, yeah, one, so it's a blank yeah. page, oh, and he writes I've more. I've only done the. I'm sliding it over. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you do, it's a it's a skill to try to get it seamlessly transitioning. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I would say. Growing up, we lived in an interesting time where technology was changing a lot as we were growing up. I think even in school, like we were, we used the overhead projectors and we used like those slide, those clicky slide machines. Really? I mean, we used those real film cameras, <laughs> like, like to project movies, like back what? in the day. Yeah. Which school is this? Like the ones they Cornell show. Public School. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. Hey. I mean, that was the technology we grew up with. Uh, with church, I found that. You know, uh, I grew up at T3C. They tried to adopt as much technology as they could as a tool to ease service. So, like, projecting lyrics on screen or whatever. And then it was funny because you get to see the whole transition from overheads to actual, like, digital projectors that are connected to computers. And then (laughs) it used to just be PowerPoint on a black screen and white words on a black screen. Those and then the it starts days. moving to like video behind the text yeah. or whatever, and then you start bringing in lights and stuff. It's like it starts to become more and more like a production. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> smoke, smoke machines. There was definitely pros and cons to that adoption. With my journey, I found that I ended up transitioning to a church that was very low tech, okay. which is Grace Toronto, which is a church I go to now, which still prints their lyrics on bulletins. We don't you really use projectors. I mean, we don't have fancy light. It's just an old church that we've converted to make it useful. And I was like, uh, I remember the first time going to Grace, and I was like, wow, this is so refreshing. <laughs> it's like, I can just uh, focus on the words on the paper and not really look up and be distracted by musicians. Although, because that's a thing that often happens to me, being part of the worship team and being mm-hmm. a musician myself. I'm like, oh, how are they playing? How are how are they leading worship? And then suddenly my whole worship experience does isn't is no longer about worshiping God. It's about the musicians mm. and how the music is played. And I found um actually staring at a at a piece of paper or if if I don't know the if I already know the lyrics, then just closing my eyes. I thought that was just so refreshing mm. to the whole experience. Nice. Yeah. And that seemed to have yeah. drawn a lot of people. Like, what do you think it's saying that a lot of people are kind of gravitating toward, you know, that approach? Well, I find at our church, at least, there are, there are some who would like us to start adopting uh, more technology. There are some that don't. 
I can see, again, the pros and cons of both sides. I think what draws people to our church isn't necessarily how low-tech or high-tech it is. Mm. It was really just about, this is the fundamentals of Sunday service. Right. Like, preaching, worshiping together, right. being in community, and that's it. Like, we don't need that other stuff. I don't think I don't think people are drawn to it, but I think people appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. I am curious, though, <laughs> like, diving off that point, do you see that a lot of people may also find it refreshing like like yourself like because i like listening to that like i'm like yeah. I, i'm kind of excited like i kind of want to yeah. go and just <laughs> experience like a, a techless i think it it is refreshing for some definitely grace is a church where a lot of people drop in to visit yeah. on a regular sunday to sunday basis i can definitely see the benefits of adding more tech right but I wonder if, like, but, it's not just, like, the church experience itself, but, like, mm-hmm. I wonder if a lot of people are, like, I'm so tired mm. because I'm always consumed by yeah. the tech around us. And, like, everywhere you go, like, yeah. you're, mm. you're so, like, consumed by tech. It's like a Sabbath right. from, yeah. from tech, right? Like, yeah. I wonder oh, if there are yeah. people that are, like, oh, like, I just need to kind of, like, retreat myself. Yeah, maybe. Our Sunday services are definitely a little bit less produced than uh, some other churches, which is, again not to promote my church or to to uh, say other churches are bad or anything. It's just, we usually have a very simple worship set. Like we don't have crazy, we don't often have electric guitar. We do sometimes, but like, it's just a really low tech Sunday service. And I think, uh, but it sounds intentional though. That's the direction that they want to go. I don't know you how. Sure about, yeah, you sure about yeah, that? I think, oh, I, 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 I think that's a conversation to have with Dan McDonald. No, no, no. no, no. But, no but, like, I know many people that go yeah, to Grace Toronto, yeah. and I know the capacity that people have that they yeah. could bring toward the church. But I think there's been always this sense of like, no, we want to focus yeah. on this. So it sounds a little bit more as that that's been the intent. Even with talking about like putting projector screens in the sanctuary, I think... There have been arguments for, but then the most of the arguments against putting projector screens in the sanctuary is it's a beautiful building. It's a beautiful historical building. Mm-hmm. We don't want to damage the facade by adding too much other stuff. Okay. So I don't know how much it was intentional to keep the worship like low tech. It was just, a, oh, it happened that way. Sure. You know? Well, there's, there's priorities within yeah. that. I don't know, like just, just hearing hearing some of that is interesting too, because it's not like the church itself in a traditional service or a traditional architecture is did not have tech or whatever way you want to express what tech is. It's just like it, it it's like things are are evolving and growing and whatnot. And there's I think there's a place to understand tradition mm-hmm. and a place to understand things are coming. But even like you even talk about music, you want to talk about where music came from like hymns. Stuff that came from bar tunes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a lot of them came. So it's just people are like, oh, well, like, you know, we want to keep the tradition, the, the traditional stuff. But at Let's times redeem that, it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, wait a second. Like, even tunes come from somewhere, even like these folk melodies and stuff. So, and not that's just say everything is, is neutral either. I don't want, I don't want to say everything is neutral, but it's just like, yeah, to, to think about your prior, like your prioritizing and also the constraints. So if you prioritize certain things at your church, then that's. What are you going to prioritize? And then if you're constrained because you may not even have a budget, not to say, you know, your church may not have a budget, but some people don't have a budget or they don't want to, like you say, ruin the aesthetics of the church, like, because they, they believe this is, you know, we, we love how this church is in how it's built and how it's crafted. And this is as worship to God too. That's cool. Oh, that's good. That's some good thoughts. 
since you guys both brought up the idea of adopting technology within the church, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, how have you guys seen that process and what are you guys currently experiencing? I'm pretty new to the church that I'm at right now, mm-hmm. so I'm learning a whole lot. The church is called uh, One Church TO, mm-hmm. uh, also known as APC, Asian Court Pentecostal Church. They rebranded more recently, and now they just want to be known as uh, One Church TO. It's interesting because during the interview process uh, and checking out the church, like instantly when you go in, you know how much they involve tech mm. in, in everything that they do, for everything from music to doing videos every week. And like, literally, you have mini trailers of or teasers, like bumper video bumpers produced on a weekly basis for a message. Wow. You know, uh, so that's like high level production. So everything is like, you think high level production. And uh, even now they, um, when I had joined the team, they already brewing the idea of starting an online campus mm-hmm. for church. So that's, that's what I'm involved with uh, mm-hmm. right now with the church is uh, running their online campus. So there's a whole philosophy behind it and stuff. But overall, the, the focus of that is, is to reach guests. And I think in this generation, and it's about reaching the next generation of people, mm-hmm. and it's where they're at, right? If we talk about even both China and I, like our roles in, in the workplace industry, uh, right now, everyone's reaching out in some way or another. Companies yeah. are trying to reach out to their clients. The church is trying to reach out to different people, right? So everyone's doing it, the business of that. And like I said earlier, that back then, you know, to reach the audience, people were on television, they were on radio. Mm-hmm. But now your audience, your clients are elsewhere. They're on social media. Mm. They're, they're occupying the digital space. And I think that's something that one church had caught on and said that, hey, we're going to invest in that. It's where people are going to be at. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. Sure. So how are we going to occupy that space and let people know? Like I've heard of really cool stories of, you know, a girl going through depression right and you're on instagram and you're going through like hashtag depression mm-hmm. and then somehow finding a message like maybe a little teaser video about depression you know and then somehow there's like an expansion to go to the the entire sermon about it right and that's how she came to faith wow so you know it's really cool so you see that that's awesome i think something that even i had a negative thought that i have about all this whole online stuff is like are mm-hmm. we selling out as a church are we replacing in uh, human experiences? Yeah, it's not right. It's it's just a funnel, right, to something deeper. Mm. And I think that was very neat. Yeah. I was going to ask if you can kind of elaborate a little bit. Like you des- you had described like an online congregation. Like so, what what exactly is that? Okay, so even before joining the team at one church, I was really skeptical of you know why online is it going to replace human experiences now? Is right. that what it's about? But it was really cool that I was uh, given a lot of resources and a lot of um, research into this entire online thing. And, and yeah, it's, I think it's a philosophical issue. Our question is like, how, how do we approach it as a church, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you, can, you can use it as, oh, just replaces human experiences and people live online, you know, which there's a place for that. Or do we see it as like a funnel, right, where we're trying to encourage people to come into the church building or not even just coming to a church building, but having human experiences. Sure. So kind of like a conduit to something else. Yeah. Jay Cranda, he's a online campus pastor at uh, Saddleback. So he runs the entire thing and and he, I mean, you guys want to check out his other podcast, I think pro church tools, like he's on there a lot Mm. and he explains it as, I think he quotes from like Romans uh, and he's like how Paul at its time, 
right? He wrote these letters to these people where he was not. He was not there in person. Mm-hmm. And he even opens up in the book of Romans that, hey, you know, like, I want to see you face to face, right? But I, I'm, I'm not where you are right now. So until then, this is what it is. This is what you get. Right. Right. And, and I think, uh, so Saddleback takes that philosophy and says, how can we adopt it with what we're doing? Like, basically, the people are watching a lot. Maybe they're stuck in the room in silos, in the dark, or whatever like that. And we want them to, to even take that first step. Yeah. So this isn't a replacement. This is just that first step. Sure. Right. Even a lot of times when we're talking about like podcasts, right. Or we're talking about like coming to church, maybe inviting them to listen to a podcast first, or maybe check out the church online before coming. And so far that, that, uh, that method that we've been talking about, that has been working. Like people mm. show up at our next steps lounge in a morning and says, Hey, you know, like it's really cool. It's my first experience, but my, the experience before that was checking it online and that's what encouraged me to come in person mm-hmm. now i want to sign up and get involved sure so in the past year this is since august we've had a number of people coming to a physical campus wow that is pretty rad and you were just speaking from a bringing in newcomers perspective i mean right you didn't even touch on the the fact of how materials can be uh, distributed through tech or shared, right? Yeah. Even among the church body. Right. I mean, there's so many people who, who have benefited from online sermons of other churches, even though they go to their own yeah, church. Like, like my wife and I, like yeah. we're living East Coast in Toronto, mm-hmm. but we follow churches out in West Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And it's really cool that, hey, you, you can like, oh, even at church recently, we, we, we just finished a series on emotions and we want it to be like, okay, we want to get more nerdy. <laughs> and, 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 and learn about, you know, how his emotions relate to our faith. Found a podcast and uh, their church series out in West Coast. And we just followed that. It's like super cool. And sure. it, like, that's the age that we're living in. There's so much information and information can be shared. Hmm. So I think that's the edge that, that tech has for that. Okay. So it can be used as a, as a helpful tool and mm-hmm. an effective sure. tool for the church. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to kind of pose this question. And I think it relates back to talking about how do we understand the church. I'm really grateful that both of you guys are here because both of you guys are actually very skilled in your area of video production and you guys are both technologically, you know, adept. And so I'm glad that you guys are both here because you guys also present two different perspectives too in your own church context where one has kind of leaned more in one direction and the other one has leaned in another direction. But not to say that one is better than the other, but it's cool that the kingdom operates that way, is that some people can engage in one way and some people can engage in another way. So there's the side of technology, which is content distribution, right? And it's easy to find a sermon or it's easy to find a podcast or resources and such like that. And it's great that we have all that access. And it's fantastic. I think we're living in an age where it's so easy to get so much, right? But then on the other end of it, when Gord, you kind of hinted a little bit about it as well, which is about the, the connection, the, the, the people connecting with one another and that aspect of the church of, of being a body, being a people coming together. And yeah, how do you guys see those connections being formed? Do you think there is still a challenge in regards to connecting online in terms of bridging that to connecting in person? Like, what are some of the things you guys are seeing? The one thing that I thought about when we're talking about like church is how do you do sacraments mm-hmm. when we 
are thinking a lot about technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that look like? And how do you, like, how do you lead to that or point? Or ordinances. Or, or ordinances. <laughs> whatever. The choose, choose your traditions. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but even like, like communion, for example, mm-hmm. right? Like right. at some point, like this physical act of like, you know, taking, breaking, sharing, blessing, like that, that act um, at some point. So Chun, Chun's church, uh, Grace Toronto, they probably don't have that problem, right? Or, or maybe the, like if you want a communion. Right. Because you, everything that you guys do is in person. In person. Yeah. Right. Yes. Versus like us, like, you know, yeah. online campus there, yeah. you know, when, when people are watching online, they're like, Hey, we're inviting people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is that, you know, barriers, like they can't be there unless there's smell of vision. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like <laughs> let me take a piece of bread. Yeah, exactly. One, one church has sent you. you a cup of wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Click here like, to accept. Yeah. Yeah. And, we use Amazon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, well, that's another, that's a whole other can of worms right Soon there. you're just building your online, like Christian profile. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm a level three. Yeah. No, no, you actually bring up a very good point because like the way we interact online might not necessarily be the way we interact in person. Right. And yeah. there, there is those nuances and those, there is a difference. When I think of your context, cr- of course, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm seeing your online campus not replacing, like it's, like you said, a funnel to be the church right. and to get connected right. to human contact as right. well. So it's not like we're just doing online forum church. Right. It's more the missional side of how you're engaging. Right. And, and that's like, you still call it a campus. I don't even know if you call it a congregation, but almost like an outpost for mission. And then as you connect people in, so you still want them to connect in, you will go through something like sacraments or, or some, some, something of that degree, baptism or communion. You want them to go through that. Like, I, I think I was reading or something like that about some people having an online baptism where a pastor would like, Interesting. This, this person would be with uh, this person that? at a, their, their bathtub. And then yeah. they just kind of just see the, like the sky stream of it yeah stream of it <laughs> that's right i guess people dunk are trying yourself. that now i don't know <laughs> dunk but, yourself in now I, I think for you guys you're, you're not going to that at least to, to that that no. direction no yeah so so here's the thing right like i think when we just talk about like answering these questions like oh how do you guys do sacraments maybe maybe we're missing the mark somewhere because i think i like even this podcast a lot of you guys always talk about what is the heart to jesus what is the gateway to jesus mm. right and maybe to see some of these things that are not a direct replacement. I mean, you look at, you look at Jesus, like he came in the flesh, mm-hmm. right? He came into physical relationships to do life with people. Sure. And ultimately, and this is, this is uh, our church's philosophy. This is the philosophy of Saddleback with this whole online stuff is it comes down to, we want people like where our ideal place for them to be is in physical relationships. So mm-hmm. can, if you can pray with one another in person, do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's going to be there. Right. Right. Not everyone's there yet. So sure. I think it's almost like what is the this whole word that we throw around a lot in seminaries, incarnational. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's God himself coming into place and being where people are at, being at the feet of where people are at and even sacrificing himself. Mm. Right. I think that's how we approach all this stuff. Sure. We took a look at um, a survey of our, our church and when, when it comes to digital marketing, who mm-hmm. are we trying to reach? We're reaching young families reaching young adults and especially men right how many of our churches struggle to get men out to church mm. right and and it's it's that young adult who's stuck in his room doesn't have a social life how can we be jesus to that person yeah you know that person who's going through depression how can we be jesus to them sure and so you no know, yeah like the the i think ideal place is to do communion and break bread together in person mm. but this is a window to it mm-hmm. Sure, right? and and see where that goes. It's it's the rabbit hole, right? 
like you get introduced to something, I'm going to, you know, take a step at a time. And the way we approach people these days, it's not like you just see them on the street, tell them the gospel, accept them, uh, expect them to believe in Jesus after the conversation. Right. You got to identify where they're at. You got to gauge where they are in their spiritual walk. Mm. Right. And your spiritual life and journey is not just, I believe Jesus and not. There's a lot more layers to that. Sure. And mm. I think that's how we see this entire church thing. Yeah. Uh, this online campus is using tech. Cause like, here's the thing, like, you know, is technical music, right? Lights and sounds. Is, is that, is that worship or is worship more than that? Mm. Right. I think we could definitely use it. Right. As, as a way to connect people to God, but that's not the thing. Mm. Right. And I think it's like slowly, like as people get more and more interested in this stuff, we'll introduce them to different things and deeper things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I think on the opposite and there's also a danger of Christians replacing church with online church. Like right. a or, substitution. Yeah. Or this idea totally. that exactly what you were saying, <laughs> yeah. right? Like a lot of people do believe that worship has to be that big style thing. I think with technology, although convenience is nice, it also is a huge danger, right? Okay, it's yeah. like, oh, I don't need to wake up early anymore to go to church because I can just catch a online yeah. sermon. And, and, and that's, I think... Uh, according to Simon uh, Sinek, you know, yeah. the leadership guy. Yeah. That's a, that with technology, that's a leadership issue, right? Are we, you know, parents to our kids, you know, I think we're, if a lot of us are in families, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of going through that yourself. It's like, how do you coach and direct that conversation about using tech in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way? Sure. And I think even with online community, we got to think, how do, how do we lead it well? So that you don't get into what mm-hmm. Chen is talking about, like these passive Christians who are just like mm-hmm. replacing church. Well, with, not to say that, right. you know, people who use online sermons are passive Christians. No, no. Because like, I do too, right? Yeah. Because like, like there, there are times. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are days where you're just busy yeah, or especially yeah. with young, with families with young kids, like they can't make it out like Got sometimes. It. For right? sure. And or that's like, how we, that's how we yeah, tailor. Yeah. And like, that's such a blessing mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. still worship. And still participate in your church right. through uh, an online sermon. So I'm I'm not like saying for that sure, at all. Yeah. Sure. Like yeah. I, I think what you're saying too is is a heart issue. Like passivity is a heart issue, yeah. right? You can discipline yourself to get up and go to a church, but not truly be present with God and present with one another, right? But because you're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do because I'm a Christian, so I get up and go to church and such like that, but not to actually be intentional and attentive when you're there right and so i think it's a hard issue right like when two or three are gathered online god's presence can be there <laughs> yeah right without yeah. completely butchering and paraphrasing oh, that contextual it's, scripture it's contextually yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think it is truly like you know is is that our posture yeah. it depends what our posture is when we engage and when we connect and from the other side from a ministry side and leading side is that when we engage with others and when we're connecting with others what is our perspective what is our hope in that what is the ways in which we see god working mm-hmm. in the way we engage and connect and i think like kind of what gore was saying is is key like when you talk about leadership and how you actually frame this because i agree with you there's a danger mm-hmm. to just using tech because then you create a culture of tech then oh, you yeah. just kind of create a culture yeah. of like online church mm-hmm. and people just kind of flock to that and just do that that's my church yeah but then if even in the way that we are leading or shaping the narrative of, you know, the tech culture within church to be the fact that like, you know, we're, we're highlighting the fact that like you need human, you need people. Like God's created us as physical community. 
uh, as part of that narrative, then I, then I think like then then tech becomes a tool instead of a culture. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks so much for listening. That's the first part of our conversation with Chun and Gord. Next time, we're going to be continuing on the conversation. The best way to know when that comes out is subscribing to our podcast. Please remember to also rate and review it and share it to others. That really helps us get this conversation out there. What did you think about today's conversation? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through Facebook, Twitter, email, and Instagram. And it's been great to see how people have been wrestling with these topics and continually seeing their life and their faith and their own ministries challenged and and encouraged by the conversations we've been having. So once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time. Peace.